0: welcome to the hallmarkies podcast we are really excited today to be here to be talking the april mysteries and then we have a very special bonus mystery that we're going to cover uh, as our last one and we'll talk about it it's going to be fun and i am filter creature wagner and me too from the pilot podcast is here thank you so much for coming back on the podcast
1: Thank you for having me. The mysteries are my favorite genre of the Hallmark movies, so I'm thrilled to be here to talk about these. Yeah, you've been on
0: one time before on Hallmark's podcast to talk about some of the uh, Christmas movies,
1: I believe. Yes. It was in December. Yeah. Yes. I'm very impressed by the structure of your show because we watched, I think, four Christmas movies ahead of that and bj and i always complain when we review shows for the pilot pod if too many are more than like 30 minutes so <laughs> i i really commend your oh, endurance you. this week watching three movies i was like whoa i don't know how they do it <laughs> yeah
0: well i i always i just feel like there's usually not enough meat on the bones of most of these movies to do a full episode of the podcast many other podcasts do and they do a great job at it but i always felt like doing them in batches was probably the better way to go but you're, it is a lot of watching it really is <laughs> sometimes that 2x button is very tempting <laughs> <Like> i'm <alive. laughs> but i tried i try to not do that but uh if people missed your episode in the deluge of christmas content Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about what you and BJ do in the pilot podcast?
1: Yes. At the pilot podcast, we review the pilot episodes of TV shows to answer your question, should I watch this? And we do it in quick, short reviews. Just like yours, we stack them. So we'll often review uh, four episodes at a time just so that you have these 10-minute snippets that tell you whether a show is worth your time or not. There are so many shows across broadcast and streaming and we like to try to sift through it and talk to our listeners like they're our friends and uh they are
0: and i love it i think it's great because you're right there are there are so many shows i mean i feel like as a critic a day doesn't go by where somebody's somebody doesn't tell me oh you got to watch this you got to watch this show and I was like, <laughs> there's not enough hours in the day especially when i have to watch 500 500- <laughs> I'll mark movies <laughs> exactly, I, it's unbelievable.
1: Yeah, BJ actually came up with the concept of the show because I'm, I mean, I'm sure there are other shows that review pilot episodes of TV shows, but mm-hmm. BJ was g chatting me because we were thinking about what we wanted to watch later because we do truly love television a lot. And pre pandemic, BJ c- would come over to my house a lot to watch shows, and he said something to the effect of, I wish they were just couple people that would just tell me what's good and what's not good and then he asked if we could be those people and so instead of saving us time he's added time to our calendars but it's been a really fun journey what percentage would you say you end up recommending i would say so it's I'm not uh, cheating out of this question. It's (laughs) We have a very different rating system than I think other shows because we really do treat it like we are recommending shows to our friends. And so we have a scale from Would Not Watch Again to Would Watch Again Seriously, aka we would suggest binging it. I would say of the Would Watch Again Seriously, that's maybe... 15 to 20 percent. BJ is the math person, not me. So I could be lying to you right now. And then um, in the middle, we have different ratings that we use, like would watch while folding laundry. I would say a lot of comedies would fall under this, for example, where you probably don't have to give it your full attention, but it's a sitcom where there are quite a few jokes. And so while you're cooking or folding laundry or doing other things, Perhaps this is nice to have on in the background so you can catch a joke or two. We we have um, would watch again casually, so you know catch it when it's on. You don't need to follow the story, but it's just an enjoyable um, competition show. For example, like reality competition shows or things like that. If they're not good enough to grab your attention and you don't have to follow them, mm-hmm. perhaps you just want to catch an episode here and there. So we have different ratings like that. Bj added uh, would watch while traveling. In the in the before time when we used to travel, there are shows that I think are really nice to load on your Netflix and download a bunch of episodes. And if you have a long flight or train ride, hopefully you're not driving, and you just have this stack of shows that you can watch to help you pass the time.
0: Yeah, I, I it's true. There are those shows that are just really great binges, and then there's shows that are kind of escapist and good for a uh, uh, good for. A road trip kind of thing, and then you have shows like Bridgerton, which are just like fit all this criteria. Check, check, check. (laughs)
1: Exactly. (laughs) Except that (laughs) very handsome lead
0: is not coming back, right? I know. Well, I'm not super surprised because the book, the second book, is not about uh, Mm -hmm. Daphne, and so that kind of I kind of get why uh, that. The next one's going to be about one of the brothers, which I'm kind of like, eh. I didn't love mm. the brothers, but <laughs> but I loved the show. So, <laughs> uh, so that's probably why. But it sounds like things got a little messy there on that. But anyway, uh, well, of all of the mystery shows, do you have one series that's your favorite? The the ones they've done.
1: I would say. Okay, I tried to prepare myself for this question because I assumed it was coming. Of the recent slate, I really like Aurora Tea Garden the best,
0: mm-hmm. I
1: believe. And then of the past ones, I—I I guess it could still be recording. Actually, I really like um, Mystery Woman, Haley Dean, and the Jane Doe Mysteries. Oh, okay,
0: yeah. I haven't seen the only one of those three that I've seen is the Haley Dean. And I liked, for the most part, I liked the, what was it, like 2000, the most recent season better than the season before it of Haley mm-hmm. Dean, when they were on the whole uh, Chad Lowe, you know, uh, figuring out the, I just felt like figuring oh, out the whole to her fiance? fiance thing didn't mm-hmm. pay off the way that I thought it should have. And me so I too
1: was, that was kind of a tepid close mm-hmm. to such a fun mystery
0: mm-hmm. and it, was, it didn't have that emotional payoff that you you needed it to for it to be so so big but then the season after that when it was just like her and viv leacock kind of bantering it back and forth that was way better
1: <laughs> i agree <laughs>
0: yeah 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 uh my favorite of the mystery series is daro and daro if that counts Ooh, it's yeah courtroom show mm-hmm. but i really loved that show and i mean science hill delivered is my favorite but that does i feel like those two are like different than the sleuther shows they're, they're like their own thing <laughs> uh, but my favorite of the sleuther shows is actually uh, the uh, Garage Sale Mysteries, and I guess we should just we should just announce it. We are going to be reviewing the final Garage Sale Mysteries, uh, Garage Sale Mysteries uh, se- seizure and what is it? Uh, the it Garage searched Sale and Mysteries- seized, searched and seized. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. we are going to be reviewing at the end of this episode. Garage Sale Mysteries searched and seized. We found it. It's the unaired, uh oh, final mystery from uh, our good friend laurie where she, where she laughlin was searched and seized herself
1: <laughs> oh i didn't even think about that what a tough last name for your movie oh the imdb credits of it all man laurie i'm sorry i mean i guess i'm not that sorry no, but <laughs>
0: uh, yeah you would uh, i i was very excited to be able to use that pun <laughs> <laughs> it was too good uh, but but anyway uh that was my favorite series i thought it was really well done i liked the fact that it was actually about a married person and they got all the family drama with her two kids and uh Mary, her relationship and as opposed to others which are trying to do this like romantic thing and uh i i I liked uh, the whole dynamic in the store uh, between um, Sarah Strange and Ira. I thought that was really good. But we'll talk more about that coming up. But we have three mysteries that we're covering on today's show. And the first is a crosswords mystery. And it's Riddle Me Dead. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, what have you thought so far of the Crossword Mysteries? Have you gotten to watch any of them?
1: Yes, I have watched all of them. I bow at the Church of Lacey Shebert. So is that how you pronounce her last name? Maybe I should know I the so last name Chabert, of the yeah. person. <laughs> this church I bow at. <laughs> but <laughs> But I will do anything. I will watch anything that she does on Hallmark. I would say the Crossword Mysteries... I was nervous after the first one. I thought it was a really cute debut, but I didn't know how sustainable, although all of their careers are fantasy, I didn't know how sustainable it was to have a crossword puzzle writer be related to murder. Yeah. But they've managed to make it a plot every time and specifically intersected with her expertise as a crossword puzzle writer this woman
0: i would never be friends with this woman the, no. her friends and family are very <laughs> are very 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 precarious they, they have a, they, because that's how pretty much every single episode has been one of her friends or
1: her family that's gotten murdered and Yeah, B, bj always calls them angels of death in their small towns <laughs> that's right <laughs> In her case, she's in New York, but often they're in towns of like right. maybe fifty thousand people, and they uncover like thirty percent of the deaths in those towns.
0: Yeah. So this one, a little summary is Tess gets invited to be part of a popular game show, but when the host is unexpectedly murdered, she and Detective Logan O'Connor try to discover who was behind it all. So overall, what did you think about this
1: one? I thought it was juicy. I thought it could have been juicier, but I get that it's Hallmark because... Do you do spoilers? Is it okay? Yes. To so this is a recap, so we're good. Oh, yes. Yeah. So I liked the reveal that Hunter was her ex-fiance. I thought they could have done more with it. I would have loved to have seen more conflict between him and Logan and more conflict within Tess. I just think that it could have been even juicier, still within the bounds of a very wholesome movie.
0: Yeah, I think so. Uh, there there were some like fun dynamics with the show and everything. And I thought this one used Barbara Niven better than any of the other ones have, mm-hmm. which I liked uh, because I think she's a good actress. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like, that in any regular situation the 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 whole you know people seeing people either almost murdered or murdered would be a lot bigger <laughs> shock to the system than it is in for, than it ever is for people in these movies but overall i thought this was was pretty good it was pretty fun i like Brennan and Lacey so I overall enjoyed it. Uh, it, uh, it, it, they could have done more with that relationship with Hunter. Uh, it's hard because you just don't have very much time, but they had quite a bit going on. Uh, did you, did you feel like you were able to guess the murderer
1: pretty quickly, or what did you think? Was this nice? When I watched it, I actually thought that the murderer would be Dana. And mm-hmm. I Googled it because I was like, there have to be some sort of nerd forums for people like me who think that they're that it couldn't have been the person it ended up being. And I looked at um, this really helpful recap from puzzlenation.com I think I have that oh. right. And <laughs> it seems to be a website dedicated to games, but they also recap these movies. And they talked about how her they had a theory that her husband protected her to the end because they initially said the killer could have been a man or a woman, and that the killer needed to be taller than Aiden, and the husband wasn't taller than Aiden oh, was he he wasn't huh I yeah, they weren't so it was ever like a nice little um.
0: They I don't know, maybe really, they were
1: looking too much into it.
0: No, I mean, they weren't really together that much, so I I didn't really notice that he was shorter. But you could be that could be right. I mean, they have had I feel like the last couple of mysteries have have been, had, have had the murderer be somebody who's like desperately in love with someone and so then does the murder to try to keep them there, like the Mystery 101. That, you know, that murderer was trying to keep this girlfriend from
1: taking the job, which was bizarre. (laughs) That was a really weird reveal. Yeah. Not that we we are here to recap that one, but I truly said, what? Like, out loud at my TV as I was watching it. I was like, okay.
0: So, I divide, when I look at these mysteries, I divide them into several categories. You have the murderer. You have the victim. Mm -hmm. You have what I call family fun. And that comes from, Graciel mysteries actually, because you know it's like all the family stuff. So it like family fun is anything that's like extra outside of the case. Uh, and so we'll talk about that. And then of course we have the red herrings, and there were a lot in this one. Red herrings. Yeah. Started out, you had Martin Freeman, who's the head of the network, and it, the very beginning of the uh, of the movie, you have him arguing with Aiden and uh that aiden wants to uh to do some different things with the show and he is and uh, and martin freeman is against that doesn't doesn't agree with it and so there's this beginning argument so you think oh is he have a reason to dislike aiden what do you think of him Red I,
1: I thought he was a good red herring. And I love that he they had a little well, backup. I love that the writers did that thing where they develop the characters with a couple lines, like the way he introduced himself when he came out. And I wish I had written it down, but it was truly like, hey, I'm like the curmudgeon around here who sponsors the show. Like, I feel like that was maybe one of his opening lines. So we also just understood immediately that he's not exactly pleased with what's going on. And he has high stakes as the one who supplies the money.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Yeah. I, I think that there was enough sort of mystery
0: about what's going on with, uh, with the show and with Aiden. And uh, then you also have, uh, you have the assistant who he fires and uh, they, and then you have her boyfriend, Tom, who had been uh, on the show, and so she obviously has some motive because she was fired for not putting for putting lemon in his tea.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh, you have this online kind of Reddit post that's going, and there's the one person who just keeps making mean, uh, mean posts about Aiden, and it turns out that the Graham is the mean Redditor post. So were you suspicious of Graham from the beginning?
1: I actually wasn't. I wasn't suspicious of the assistant because they caught her in her lie very early. Yeah. And so it's just with these, just like any mystery show, someone who's caught within the first, you know, 30 minutes, likely, at most just has more information than under than assumed before, but otherwise probably didn't do it. Mm -hmm. Um, With Graham, that was a a fun surprise that reveal, especially when we got the context later about Dana's job.
0: Yeah. And he had a big gap missing in the, in the recordings that he had, that he would make uh, of the show. And, And so, you know, was he so they weren't able to see what was happening with Aiden. And uh, so there's something kind of fussy about that. uh, In his hard drive, a another big red herring was Matthew Nassar, who is the big star contestant. Mm -hmm. And he had won like 42 games in a row. So this is like your Ken Jennings of Riddle Me De- Dead. And <laughs> uh, and so he was pretty convincing, I think. I mean, it, it, he did make a good point about why would I want things to to end when they were going so well? Like there's no kind of motivation to to end the show for him. But still, he just seemed really untrustworthy. And I thought he was a pretty good
1: uh, red herring. He was a really fun red herring. And I loved the reveal of how he was cheating and all the banter around past cheating contestants. I love in these movies that all of the characters hold such random knowledge in their heads Mm -hmm. that they were like, Oh, on blah, blah, blah show in the sixties and blah, blah, blah show. And it's just like, that wouldn't happen in your average day to day. So it was also just a, a funny thing to watch. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, it's true. And they, they, they did a good job of kind of, of giving us that information little bit by little bit because it was taking and a test so long to watch all the footage and then she finally mm-hmm. figures it out that was pretty good uh, then you also have in the red herrings you have the uh, poker whole poker situation with uh, Cheever being the kind of crime lord <laughs> 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 that we find out that there was a that Aiden asked for a unidentified pass to be made to uh, have access to the uh, the studio and that the security guard allowed that and it turns out it's this guy that he owes all this money because he was a gambler and that's something we've learned in in these movies that we're talking about today is gambling (laughs) no gambling (laughs) it's a bad situation i i did think it the whole scene with with Tess at this high stakes poker game was, I don't know, that was pretty silly. That
1: was my favorite. I thought it was so fun and dumb, but in yeah. a really great way. And when I initially thought it, I was like, when I initially saw it, I thought, okay, we could have cut this, reserve some of this time, and dedicated it toward Juice between her Hunter. Mm-hmm and Logan but right. then as the scene continued i was like this is just i now i'm just on for a ride like this is yeah. great yeah uh,
0: yeah that that was kind of crazy uh, the only thing that was crazier is when he tries to stab her with those scissors i was like <laughs> what is happening <that?" laughs>
1: i thought she was going to charm yeah. the table like in the prior movie where she goes uh-huh. into the biker bar and she ends up making friends with all those bikers oh in the yeah biker gang i thought it was going to be like that but it was not they no. were not charmed
0: <laughs> yeah and so they they didn't really get a ton of great information from that whole, uh, whole scene i agree with you that they probably could have used it for more uh more dating and stuff with barbara Niven and and uh what's his name um uh Cha- chauncey Mm-hmm. Uh, they could have used it for more family fun, and it, but it was it was over the top kind of scene. And so we also have <clears throat> Dana as a possible uh, as a red herring uh, that she wanted to change jobs, but Aiden wouldn't let her, and uh, so there was this contention. And so then Graham is very upset about that as well. And then you also have Hunter, who is the ex-fiance of Tess, and he basically knew about the scam between Aiden and Matthew, and he he kept it kept quiet on it, but he had presented himself to uh, what's his name, Martin Freeman, the company head, as a possible replacement for Aiden. And so then that's sort of a suspect of him or what did he do? And is he responsible? And so what did you think about that? Did you think that
1: he was the murderer? No, I didn't think that they were going to have Tess's ex fiance be a murderer. So I think, I don't know that this is that the red herring wasn't particularly believable or if it was just me as a viewer Understanding how these movies and these protagonists are typically typically portrayed. Hmm. Yeah. What about well, you? It,
0: well, yeah i I would have found that hard to believe that her they would make her ex a murderer. But uh, if I if I wasn't thinking of it from that angle, then there would be a pretty good red herring since he wanted to have mm-hmm. the job. But. Uh yeah. They so she ends up almost getting a light uh crashed on her. There's somebody in the control room. So that sort of narrows things down a little bit more. And it turns out that uh that Graham is the one in the control room. He's the editor. He saw Hunter collude with Aiden and uh he and he kills Aiden. And he's the one that tries to stab Tess with the scissors. <laughs> I was like, wow. <laughs> "What?" <laughs> he was trying to defend Dana, and uh, and I did. It was a pretty good line. When it says, "Guess you don't get the final cut, D." <laughs> 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 that was good. I like that. And <laughs> so they end up canceling the show. But it's all good because Hunter ends up getting a deal to write the tell all about Riddle Me, uh, the, the show. So there we go. And it ends up with the family fun in this one is you have uh, Aunt Candace go- uh, going on a, sort of dates and flirting with uh, Chauncey, Logan's dad and they've been going to cooking classes and stuff, but she feels guilty because she hasn't completely gotten over the death of her husband. Mm -hmm. And uh, then it ends with the date between Tess and Logan, eating Chinese food and, uh, and kissing and having their date. And he says he's a slightly less cynical homicide detective. now. (laughs) So, overall,
1: what would you give this one? One to five crowns. Okay. I would say specifically for the storyline of figuring out how to go on dates with Chauncey, that was five crowns. And I would watch that as a short movie, Um, like a whole series of them just trying bowling and salsa classes and other cooking classes and anything else. I Every scene, I was like, "This is just so cute." Um, for the overall movie, I would say, like, I would I would give this like a three and a half, maybe tap dancing toward a four. Mm-hmm. Crowns. Yeah,
0: I'd give it. Uh, I'd give it around there. I liked having Lane Edwards as Aiden. He's always a fun actor, and it was it was okay. I, I'd give it a three and a half from Publishers Weekly's best-selling author of A Simple Wedding comes a story about second chances, starting over, and most of all, the importance of friendship. Lee Duncan's brand new Sugar Sand Beach series is the perfect escape for fans of Pamela Kelly, Rachel Hanna, Debbie McComer, and Amelia Adler. It's heartwarming, sweet women's fiction at its finest. Read the first book in the series, The Gift at Sugar Sand Inn, available now exclusively from Amazon and in Kindle Unlimited. For more information about Lee's next release and to download a free sample of her work, visit her website at leeduncan.com. All right. So then we have The Matchmaker Mysteries: The Art of the Kill. And this, the summary is Angie Dove, her father and detective carter investigate murder theft blackmail and fraud at the museum and in this one we have basically she is kind of working uh with her father on some things at the museum and it turns out that the head of the museum dr jennings has been poisoned and they're Trying to figure out kind of what happened. Also, one of the suspects is somebody that is on her show as a possible match. And
1: uh, what did you think overall of this one? I thought it was really cute. I think that this one was in the okay universe, like Crossword Puzzle Mysteries was, but there were more moments in this one where. I laughed at the silliness. We can get into more Mm -hmm. specificity later, but her rich lady outfit made me laugh very hard because it was just absurd uh, in a really great way. Mm -hmm. I know it did feel like something that, uh, that the
0: mom in Arrested Development would have worn or something like that. Uh,
1: Lucille Bluth.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah uh this one actually didn't really do it for me i was pretty bored i kept losing interest and then having to rewind because i was like oh i missed something uh it was it was not my favorite to be honest um uh, basically so you have red herrings in this one you have the assistant myra is a big uh red herring she had a relationship with this dr Jennings, it seemed like and then there's uh, that wasn't he, was kind of a jerk to her, mm-hmm. so if she had motivation that way, then you also have his sister N- N- Natalie Jennings, and she's a botanist, so that makes her suspect too because she has all these like deadly plants in her, in her office when she goes to visit. She's like, Oh, don't touch that one, that's deadly. <laughs> oh, and that one's deadly too. <laughs> uh, And then there's Derek, who's the baker, who made the cookies that poisoned the doctor. (laughs) And so that makes him suspect. And then you have Simon Beauchamp, who is the art dealer. And there is very suspect counterfeit art ring going on. In this whole thing. So... Uh, starts out with her dad is looking into the thefts at the museum there's been like uh, petty theft uh, things like watches and stuff like that been going on at the museum and I'd say that I think that's probably the strength of this series is the dynamic between Danica and Bruce Boxleitner Mm -hmm. as her dad I think that's probably the best part I'm not really feeling it between Victor Webster and Danica. I don't know about you.
1: I would say that their chemistry could use some work, but I also know that it typically takes like four or five of these movies for them to even be like, are you my boyfriend? And so maybe that's part of it. I do think he is of the hottest leads in the mystery, in the Hallmark movies and mysteries universe of the mystery movies. I think he's so handsome. He is
0: handsome. That's true. But I'm not feeling it between them very much. It's not working for me. The chemistry. Uh, I mean, they're all handsome. Uh, who's my most favorite? I don't know. I. Hmm. I probably Christopher Plow is probably my favorite.
1: Yeah. That's a cutie, names. too.
0: Although I love Tom Cavanaugh. If he counts. <laughs> and Dara yeah. Dara. Then yeah. He's my favorite. Why not? Yeah yeah it starts out with them making waffles and that they got uh, syrup from the this uh, from their mom from the retreat uh and it's maple orange which sounds like a weird combination to me
1: i also thought waffles. it was odd that she was like do you take syrup on your waffles as if I don't know that there is a population large enough of people who say they don't. Because he said, of course I do. And it was deemed a point of chemistry between them. Like, good, I respect you because you put syrup on your waffles. But otherwise, are you not just dry swallowing a lot of bread? Like, is it not something that people always adorn with something else? Yeah, like if you're not going to have syrup, you need like fruit
0: or... Something something else because yeah it'll just be kind of like eating a squishy cracker kind of you need like some moisture
1: (laughs) something yeah Yeah. (laughs) so I just was very surprised they came out the gate with that (laughs) I was like okay I think there's gonna be something I fundamentally don't understand (laughs) as we go forward (laughs) Uh, I did love
0: the dynamics as far as family fun I loved the dynamic between. Uh, Andrew Dunbar and Corey Lee as a uh, page. And I forgot his character's name. Oh, but, officer.
1: Yeah, the, Smith Or something like that.
0: Something like that. Mm-hmm. But they were so cute. I really yes. liked them. I thought they had really good chemistry and he's almost always fun. He was in a recently in the taking a shot at love. And I mm-hmm. really liked him there as, as one of the friends and the of co- uh, the hockey coaches He was great. And so I would like to see more of that dynamic. I
1: thought it was really cute. I agree. It was adorable when he doted on her on the back of the EMT truck. I Mm -hmm. was like, oh, more of this. I had a similar feeling to seeing um, Chauncey's dates. Right. Yeah. Sometimes those side relationships are the best.
0: Mm -hmm. So we find out that Myra is the one that had the cookies but the cookies come from uh, from David's bakery. And David is is a, ma- a possible match on her show, and also that he had just recently been fired for trying to call out uh, Jennings on this counterfeit Jennings and Beauchamp. But he was fired uh, for being skeptical about some of the 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 items. That and he even finds two. They find two at one point. He says he saw inconsistencies. So, what did you think about
1: him as a possible suspect, specifically about Derek? Derek, yeah. I, I thought he was a really good red herring because I wanted him to not be who done it really badly because I kind of saw coming him being the person that she plucks for her dating show. Especially when she points out a couple of his books and they have a couple cute banter moments. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about between Derek and Angie. Mm -hmm. I thought that it was her kind of sizing him up, whether intended or not, for the contestant that she – I can't remember the contestant's name, but the person that she was trying to find love for. Mm -hmm.
0: You know what I think would be funny in this show is if she ends up through various conferences ends up having to try to make a match for Victor Webster character
1: and then she's
0: kind of stuck because she
1: doesn't want to make a match because she wants him for herself. That would be fun. That would be such a cute plot device to force that relationship to go a little faster. I love that. They need to hire you over there. (laughs) I'm available. Truly, totally. that's a great that right? idea. I could yeah. see like a producer meeting him, seeing that rugged, handsome cop and yeah. being like, We need to put you on TV. Yeah. Be like, we have this
0: that you make it so she has no choice, that we are mm-hmm. insisting you do this because it's some for some maybe police benefit or charity or something like that or whatever. And uh so then she's forced to do it and she's like, I don't want to do it. That would be fun. Yeah, they have the cute little banter the family fun on this one with them going on a date it's not a date it's just dessert it is a date Do you agree
1: <laughs> it's a date yeah confirmed it's a date
0: people are way too uh, selective about what counts as a date me i pretty much if i if i have a <laughs> i feel like if i have a, a uninterrupted conversation for <laughs> Certain amount of time (laughs) it can count as a date. I don't know. I mean, I my threshold is pretty low about what counts as a date. (laughs) (laughs) Certainly, any kind of like actual activity where you're setting aside time, and you know whether it doesn't matter if you're just getting desserts or coffee or you know whatever. If you are setting aside time to spend time to get to know somebody, that counts as a date, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, that's fair. You agree? You agree? I agree, though I am thinking about how BJ and I became friends, and he is a really good planner. So he is someone, he's one of those friends who always goes, oh, there's this concert in town, or there's this exhibit, or there's this cool thing that we need to both go look at. He's so good at finding that and is usually the reason I leave my house, at least pre-pandemic. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like all of these stories have to be qualified as pre-pandemic because right. I've been friends with BJ for a decade. So before we knew to <laughs> distance ourselves from people.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So then we get this sister who is very like I said is is set up as an obvious red herring because mm-hmm. it's just so uh it's just so blatant where she has literally these toxic plants on her desk. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think about the sister?
1: I thought she was a really good red herring because I, again, like Derek. I really didn't want her to be the killer because it would just be sad if she killed her brother. But I thought that it would be like the conclusion where she poisoned the wrong target.
0: Yeah. Well. So then, Myra, she has Jennings mother's necklace. And so that makes the sister really upset. And she has this heated, co- heated argument with Jennings uh, because she needs more money from him. And so they aren't getting along. And so then they arrest Myra because they think that she did it because of the, the cookies and, and, uh, then they have uh, they also find that that Natalie, the sister had her brother's laptop, but she insists that he was already dead wh- when she got there and she took then she took the laptop. Uh, so because she wanted to blackmail Beauchamp, who was the counterfeiter or the art the, art dealer. Did you think the Beauchamp could be the murderer?
1: I thought that he was the murderer, but then I also thought, is this too obvious? So I also typically go in just not really suspecting anyone because I assume I'll be a little surprised.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: I, I thought he might be too obvious, but I, because he was so suspicious, and we find out later that he was up to some shady things as well, they just weren't murder. I would also say hats off to the writers. Cause Simon Beauchamp was just a chef's kiss name. It was just so yeah, nice. That's a good name. Yeah. That's it's a good true. one. So she sneaks in to the
0: uh, gallery and she finds two of the statues in the gallery. She's pretending to be this like <laughs> high end client that she's going to pay the big money. $75,000. Yeah. For the statue. And it turns out that it's, uh, it's a counterfeit. And that whole scene was pretty funny. And they say it's a big risk on your part. And he says, "I was talking about that outfit."
1: <laughs> Another instance of gambling gone wrong. Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, this one, the whole thing with Lucia being it, it being the murderer in the end was was predictable because a lot mm-hmm. of times they have just somebody who's who kind of comes in last minute oh that's that's the actual murderer uh, and and you been spending all the time on this other person but basically she was trying to trying to get the cookies to Myra and it ended up going to Jennings instead and uh, so her plans went awry she's very bitter about Myra and. They they have, uh, they're sneaking in and they end up. They're trying to get Myra to put down the gun, and and she says, "Aren't you through being a fool for Clinton Jennings?" <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there was also the security guard, which was kind of a. There was a little bit of a red herring with that, but it turns out he's just he's gambling on baseball games, uh, and so he wasn't very good at his job. But yeah, I don't know. This one, like as we're talking about it, it sounds more fun than it was to watch. (laughs) (laughs) It was it was really slow. And I don't know. I just I didn't love it. I didn't think their chemistry was that good. And I was just kind of bored watching this one.
1: That's fair. I did tell you before we started recording that this is one I had to watch twice as well because I watched it this week. Truly couldn't remember it. And then got up early to watch it one more time before talking to you. Um, So I agreed that not so much happened. And it's funny to think of them back to back with Riddle Me Dead. Because that one was just maybe too full of red herrings and plot. And this one, I probably could have walked away, made a coffee, sat for a second, come back. And I think I would have still... Gotten the gist of the movie. Right.
0: All right. What would you give this one one to five crowns?
1: I would give this one a solid 2.5. Yeah, yeah that's the same like like with halfway. me.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alright. So then we have we are talking about garage Hill mysteries searched and seized, and this is unaired the final movie of the garage Hill mysteries. They finished filming, I think literally the, the, the week before mm-hmm. the, uh, the whole scandal erupted. And so, cause it was going to be aired and they were going to do their typical garage Hill mysteries month in August. And they had Uh, finished recording one they were uh, like one week into recording the second and yeah that one obviously had to be stopped and then this one never got aired and the uh, the summary is searched and seized finds jen's friend miles running a police auction that features items seized in a money counterfeiting operation when miles turns up dead Jen suspects he may have gotten involved with criminals to solve his debt problems. So, <laughs> first, I should say that I I think that the Grisham Mysteries are the best series that they've ever done, if you're not counting *Signs Sailed Delivered* or *Daro and Daro of these kind of amateur sleuther type shows. Mm-hmm. I think this is the best one that I've ever seen that they've done, and it's a shame that it had that they couldn't just substitute somebody else instead of Lori laughlin because i think it was solid and this one i was pretty bonkers i mean they even have a parrot in this one <laughs> <laughs> there's all kinds of organized crime and, and, and gambling and and thugs and i mean it was it was definitely ridiculous but i enjoyed it i thought it was pretty good what do you think overall of it
1: i loved it as well there was just so much chaos and i just was delighted the when they tried to open the encyclopedia and the guy used the vacuum or whatever to unstick the pages and it turned out it was treasury grade paper i literally gasped out loud i was like "This, this is just great
0: yeah, it was really good, and now I'm so mad. I'm I gave yeah. me another reason to be mad at Lori Laughlin because she ruined the show. <laughs> I wish that they could have somebody else. Because I mean, really, would it make that big a difference? They replaced her husband, in, in the after the first couple, or after the first movie, I think, and then they got a new, got Steve Bassick, and so it wouldn't be that big a deal. Find another tall. Brown haired white woman and cast her. It'd be great. <laughs> who would you <laughs> slot in? I mean, let me think. Who could be good? Um like you could have uh um Lindy Booth. She could do it. She would be good. Oh, that's a good one. hmm Cause so I was just trying to think of who's not in a current mystery <laughs> <series>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, even Aaron Crakow. <laughs> But I guess that's too close to Winkle's the heart. Uh, but, but yeah, Lenny would. She would be good. She was on the librarians. She could be fun as a uh, Autumn Reeser, She would be good. Oh, that's
1: a good one too. Mm-hmm. They really do need to hire you. Time to develop, cast, write. You could do yeah. it all. I, I, I'm ready.
0: So just <laughs> ready to go. <laughs> Let me know. Uh-huh. Uh, so this one, you had the uh, the victim is this guy, Miles, who had been working with, uh, with Jennifer on the police auction. And they were auctioning off all the stuff from a counterfeit ring. And so that was pretty grisly when they find him there. Mm -hmm. Uh, and he had been he'd been uh, whiskey and pills (laughs) (laughs) yes (laughs) yeah so first they think it's just like a suicide so that's the first kind of red herring and then they think it could be Justin Wilkes who is the lender for Miles and he's in debt because of this gambling habit and oh they uh they think that it's something to do with that and you get this whole thing with Justin holding holds up miles and says everything that's yours is now mine <laughs> so that's pretty suspicious yes yeah and they one of the items at the uh at the auction is this is this parrot that is just singing all of these songs all the time, <laughs> <laughs> and Danny gets a special love for the parrot. She they get along really great, uh, but so she did, she bids on the parrot, but it turns out there's something in the cage of the parrot that they that the counterfeiters want, and I figured the thing about the counterfeiting thing is that. is that that they don't have that much paper, even in those encyclopedias. No. So, how much money could they really make?
1: I don't know. If, Mm -hmm. I mean, it looked like, let's say, uh, 400 pages per encyclopedia. I don't know how much money you could make on each one. Maybe, like, $200 Two hundred dollars per page if you have to yeah. use all of the paper. So what's two hundred times four hundred? Eight thousand. Like that's not a mm. eight thousand. Yeah,
0: that's not enough to be yeah, like eighty killing people over and stuff.
1: No, you know? I don't know that eighty thousand dollars would do it.
0: No, no. <laughs> and uh family fun in this one, you have Logan trying to buy a car, and so he volunteers with the police auction. And he gets a uh, Mustang, I think it was, that Mm -hmm. then they start uh, restoring. And they find this box with all of this uh, items from a soldier, a a Vietnam soldier. And they start to research into it. And this didn't really have anything to do with the case. It was truly just family fun. But it was fun. (laughs) I enjoyed it.
1: I thought that it was a cute side story and... I like that Pop Tate from Riverdale got to... I, I have only seen him on Riverdale, so it was nice to see him on Garage Sale Mysteries and have that really sweet moment at the end when he gets to keep the car. Yeah, that was cute. It was good. And then they also
0: have... Hannah is kind of involved with the, uh, the kaleidoscope. Mm-hmm. And that, they didn't really have a whole lot for her. They didn't have a relationship for her or anything like that, like they sometimes do. Uh, But it turns out that there is a microchip on the disks of the kaleidoscope. And, uh, I mean, like I said, they're going to a lot of trouble for all of this counterfeiting. (laughs) they got the chip in the kaleidoscope. They have the, what was in the, I forget what was in the uh, birdcage.
1: The ink, I believe. This is the ink, okay. Or something, ink cartridges, I think.
0: Okay, that's in the birdcage. And then they have the, uh, the encyclopedia that has the mint p- paper mm-hmm. and they get this from uh, the this guy at the very beginning is also killed in prison and he is uh, quinn is his name and he was the one who got the all the stuff from the mint he worked in the mint and he's killed and, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's poisoned in prison from the prison food. And you also have this guy named McPhee. McPhee was very <laughs> fun. I thought it was so, lit, so snivelingly bad, like mustache twirling.
1: <laughs> yes. He was such a good red herring for the murder because he just like you said, truly was like, what's the cartoon character? Like the dastardly devil or whatever. Yeah. Just truly like mustache twirled at the end, hands rubbing each other, probably a white cat always near him just yeah. stroking in his lap for a big reveal. Yeah. Often sits in swivel chairs so he can turn around and surprise you. Like <laughs> he was such a good villain. Yeah.
0: He's like Mr. Big and Zootopia or something like
1: that. Yes. You know, like- <laughs> Just a good, true to their core, like, uh, that's one where, uh, not to project too much, but I bet they had fun writing it. Like, I bet that's one where you just have fun playing with how ridiculously evil someone can be. Mm -hmm. That's also the reason I thought he he didn't do it.
0: Right, exactly. Like, you knew that he didn't do it because he was such an obvious that he didn't do it, but it was in a very fun way. (laughs) <laughs> uh, then you also have Irene who is making dealings with McFee, and she was very also very over the top I think the actress had a lot of fun playing that part
1: Irene and that red hat was yeah. just <laughs> so funny and I hope that your listeners I hope that each of you listening is able to access this movie I touched a DVD for the first time in 15 yeah. years to watch it <laughs> and <laughs> And it was all worth it for Irene in that hat. And there's a moment where they're trying to, McFee's people, I believe, were trying to intimidate her, and they rip off her hat. And in the back of my mind, I was thinking, I they're actually just helping her. They're making the outfit better by doing this. <laughs> but you could tell some well, of her and, power and was stored in that hat. Yeah. like well, so true. Hair. And it has
0: the feathers from the parrot on that yes. hat. When very
1: suspect. When Laurie closed that loop of "I bet if you test the feathers in that hat, they'll be the same feathers from that bird." I, I thought I just I found myself smiling the whole time watching this movie. I was like, "That's delicious. That's a delicious turn."
0: And what was the parrot singing? I I felt like that was a clue, but I didn't get it.
1: The song was called something Irene. So she said that the um. Quinn was in love with Irene and, and so he would, I guess, play or sing this song for her thinking of her. And that's why the bird sings it too. Cause it picked it up. Hmm.
0: Okay. Yeah. So that's very suspect. But then you also have Irene's daughter, Adele, mm-hmm. who at first seems very upset about uh, the, The things going on with her mother but she's also kind of being involved with this guy Warren Barnes who at the beginning was very threatening to Miles at the auction
1: he seems very suspect I loved the turn with the daughter I wrote in all caps Adele because she was just such that was a great development from quiet character who cares maybe too much to oh it is too much and then you find out that there's a little more evil lurking beneath that blonde hair and concerned face
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah yeah they <laughs> y- you
0: also get the the this thug guy oh henry who tried to bid on some of the items, but couldn't get the bird because Danny bid on it and couldn't get the, uh, the uh, encyclopedia because the professor wanted it. And mm-hmm. so uh, he's trying to get those things. And he tries to, to steal the parrot. <laughs> uh, and they, uh, it's she, Jennifer sees that, sees that he's in her store and the, this guy ends up getting attacked by the parrot, which was hilarious.
1: I loved the squall and it screaming and <laughs> flying at him. Yeah, I just thought, this good. is great. And yeah. to your point, she was very casual about being robbed in the way that everyone in these movies is always casual about crime. She called 911 watching this man so they are in clear view of each other and just goes, I think I'm being robbed. <laughs> like, in the same way that I would just be like, oh, like I need to do laundry today, like, whatever. So uh-huh. I think I'm being robbed.
0: Well, and I thought that when they kept having to give the bird medicine that he didn't want to take, that I thought, well, is, is there something with that medicine that's, mm. like, maybe some kind of imprinter, you know, like maybe some kind of hidden ink thing or, I don't know, just something... Because the birds so didn't like it. And this was a very talented bird. Yes.
1: Probably the talent, most talented person. <laughs> yeah, we needed to submit that bird for your consideration. Yeah, I think so.
0: I think so. Special honorary Emmy. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, so she decides that she needs... Jennifer decides she needs to take the medicine to Adele, who has the bird. And uh, is... It, they're able to geotrack her uh to this place in this warehouse it's always suspect whenever they're at some like warehouse by the pier <laughs> <laughs> gotta watch out there um, but she takes it and it turns out that Adele and Warren working together and they are they are the murderers that Warren has a gun and uh, the 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 whole thing is supposedly that they're they're going to be able to do the counterfeiting, they're going to be able to make the money, and uh, that Derek Quinn was Adele's uncle, and that Irene had a double life, and so that got her into trouble.
1: Uh, I, I did think that that Derek into crime, right, and Adele was avenging him by framing Colin and O'Henry. Mm-hmm. And
0: that, uh, yeah, that Irene just, she played, she worked with McPhee too long, got mm-hmm. herself into trouble basically. And they planted the, I forgot to talk about the clotter ring. So they had, uh, the, uh, ring that was planted in Thomas's car. Cause that was also a, uh, a red herring of mm-hmm. uh, that um, Thomas the attorney broke broke uh, client privilege attorney client privilege and had uh, the same ring as Irene and uh, the uh, and they found it in his in his car so he was a suspect for a little bit because of the matching clot rings mm-hmm. so then Adele they did did do quite the info dump adele and uh warren uh at that at that scene i always love that when they're holding the yeah our (laughs) our leading ladies uh up with gun and they just
1: tell the whole story (laughs) yeah sit down you don't have anywhere you need to go
0: that's right (laughs) (laughs) Uh and then we get a little scene at the end with leon Ames showing up and logan gives him the car and that was really sweet so this was really, this was a very good one, I thought. Um, so I'd give it like
1: 4.25. Yeah, I, I think I would go a little further uh, in honor of the flight of the bird. So I'll go 4.5. Yeah. My wings will stretch me a little further. <laughs> so,
0: yeah, sad RAP, Grass Mysteries. But yeah. if you can find on DVD, we'll put a link, our affiliate link in the description if people want to buy this one. And check it out and let us know your thoughts and uh, but uh, the series was good i wish it had uh they had just gotten a new get lindy booth, get lindy booth <laughs> it would be <laughs> great <laughs> so well this has been really fun to talk to you about these mysteries i've really enjoyed it uh, and thank you so much for coming on and uh, i think we both agree the grouse of mistress was the best one of the three
1: we right. are in full agreement and thank you so much for having me this was so great to get to talk about these movies with someone who loves them as well. Yeah, it was really fun. So why don't you tell people where they can find your podcast and yeah. your
0: social media and all that fun stuff?
1: Yes, you can find us at thepilotpodcast.com and you can follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at thepilotpod. pod. And every other week we do, we review shows recommended to us by our listeners so they can be new shows or they can be shows from, Many moons ago. That's how you and I, you uh, and we connected through our review of The Nanny. That was a listener recommended show. So you can send those requests to askthepilotpodcast at gmail.com. Great. Yeah, it's really fun stuff. And, and The Nanny, that's one of the best
0: pilots. It's so it's good. It's so
1: good. I just watched it again like a couple days ago. It just is so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. you also check out the Fran cast. We had two episodes
0: where uh, BJ and me too were on. That's really fun. I'll put a link down to that in the description as well. And you can find me at Rachel's reviews, all of her social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Ron tomato. So please take a look at that. And if you are listening on iTunes, if you could give this, uh, this, if you could leave your ratings and reviews, I would really appreciate it as, as well as for the pilot podcast, check out that. Uh, But it really helps us a lot when we get those reviews on iTunes, people to find the podcast. And if you are listening on YouTube, please give this video a thumbs up and subscribe to our channel. We appreciate that so much. And we also have our patron group, which is a lot of fun. We do patron activities and events every single month. And then we also have our merch store, which has a Sleuther inspired merch, including and love me. Like Nick loves Aurora shirt so you can lots of fun designs over there so check that out and thanks so much me too this was really fun and let us all know what you think of these mysteries and we'll talk to y'all later bye everyone bye